introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Listen, listen, listen. It's the Poet Life Podcast. It's Christoph Wright's one. I don't think you all understand how excited I am, man, because uh, just recently, I started running about a month and a half ago. And, uh, you know, I run like two miles a day, about five days a week now in the morning, early in the morning to get my day going. And I did a search on YouTube. So I don't do Pandora. I don't I don't do Apple Music. I got an Android. So I use uh, YouTube. I use YouTube. And I did a search for powerful, motivational um speeches or something like that just to get me going and and, and you know and, and and I want it to be clean. You know, I don't I don't want nobody cursing me out to motivate me. I don't need that. You know, I'm trying to clear my spirit and all of that, right? And so the first thing or the most enticing uh thumbnail of video that came up was of Conor McGregor um and I, bl- I believe the title was Be Legendary. And so I push play. And from the beginning of the video, man, it was all energy. Let's go. Let's go get it straight motivation. But with with an undertone of God in it. And I was like, and, and I mean, scripture, the whole nine. And I was just like, who is this guy? And then he said, Billy Allsbrooks, blessed and unstoppable. I said, okay, all right. This is the first time I've heard of this gentleman, but it won't be the last. Like so, for the, for the last month and a half, I've been listening to this gentleman, Billy Allsbrooks, every morning, and and then I saw or lit, then I heard that he also incorporated poetry into his motivational talks. I said, okay, all right. I'm I'm really liking him now. Listen, folks, it is Billy Allsbrooks on the mic. Billy, how are you, sir? Man, blessed, bro. I appreciate you uh, asking me on the show, man. Thought yeah, most good. definitely. And you know what? And that's my fault. You are Dr. Billy Allsbrooks, sir. Appreciate how are you? Blessed, yeah. man. Blessed and unstoppable, man. Blessed and unstoppable. Indeed. Indeed, man. Listen, man, it is an honor to have you on to the podcast um, I said to my wife just about three, four days uh, last week, and I said, you know what? I'm going to try to get Dr. Bill- Billy Osbrooks on the podcast. I said, let me look him up, man. I'm gonna let, me, let, me, let me look him up real quick. And then I inboxed him. I DM'd him on Instagram, and I said, he responded. Oh, man. I was so excited, man. Let's talk, man. Let's talk. Um. Where did you get your start, man? Talk, t- tell me about yourself. Um, I started in the music business, man. My, really? Uh, 17 years, I was you know, a rap artist, uh, music producer, songwriter, on-air personality. Um, I was just immersed, you know, and different than I want to do now. I was immersed in the street life, you know, in the street rap and the thug life and all that comes along with that, man. That was, right. you know, seven, 17 years of my life. I did it at a high level, man, produced for multi-gold and platinum max and, you know, just chase that aggressive, you know, yeah. for 17 years. And, um, you know, poetry was wrapped in that, of course, with the music, the songwriting, 
um, things like that. Um, but in 2007, my father, uh, he passed away in front of me unexpected, man. It, it changed my life. Mm. And I, I uh, pretty much retired from that moment on as far as from the music side of it. Um, spent the next seven, eight years of my life, man, um, fighting panic attacks and PTSD. Really? Man, it, it took everything that I had built up for 17 years in the music business. You know, I had this um, struggle going on on, it, on the inside, man, that I just could not conquer. And my dad died wow. unexpectedly in front of me, and this triggered PTSD and the panic attacks that I started having. And I went from like, you know, having one panic attack a day to, you know, having them all day, every single day for the next seven years. I went from being on stage, you know, holding a mic in front of 20,000 people rapping, man, to being in my bedroom for two weeks at a time, scared to come out. You wow. know, I, I really went through the mental, the, the mental struggle, the mental prison, sure. man. I, I fought for, you know, seven, eight years, but, but God is good, man. God delivered me um, from that, you know, situation. And then uh, gave me a new calling, gave me a new, uh, a, a new look at life, a new opportunity, man. And, and I seized it because that's what we got to do. You know, you know, yeah. life will give us an opportunity. We just have to be ready when it comes along, man. And I was so desperate, so hungry from being, you know, lost for seven years. I felt like I gave away 2,500 days of my life right. to get back. So I was like, if I get another shot at this thing, man, right. I'm going 120. I'm going to seize mm. it, man. So I started, right. uh, you know, pursuing, you know, other endeavors. First, I wrote uh, a book, which you can see up there, Blessing Unstoppable Self-Help yeah. Book. And, um... Then God began to reveal to me, hey, I want you to start doing motivational speaking. Mm. So I started doing YouTube videos and, you know, not re really being able to see the big vision. I only saw right, what was right in front of me. And I had to right. be a good steward of what was right in front of me. It's like we can't yep. qualify tomorrow for tomorrow until we master today, until we, you know, mm. own the day. When we own the day, then we qualify for tomorrow. So, like, nice. I had to own what I didn't see, the dark. Like, you you know, you just have a little piece of information. you got to be a good steward of that. And if you're a good steward of that, life will give you the next step. So, I right. started doing motivation. And um, next thing I know, I had a few videos. Man, they went viral. They, you know, yeah. I had, I started out, I had 50, you know, 50 subscribers on YouTube. And all that was was mom and the fam. That's it. Right, you know right, I mean? right, right, right. Yeah. And then three, four months went by, man. And all of a sudden, I put a video out uh, inside the mind of a champion. And uh, some big motivational channels got a hold of it, put it out, man. It went viral, bro. My, my book started, you know, taking off. You know, it's been sold in 29 countries now, man. Um, the, the following just, you know, grew massively on YouTube. Next thing I know, I'm getting booked to, to speak around the world. But the thing inside of me was still missing. It was something still missing, man. And it was what I had in music, the creative aspect. And I wanted to bring in the songwriting and the voice that was mm -hmm. on the inside into motivation, not just do strictly motivation, because the way I was seeing motivation most speakers, it's more from the head level. You know, like yeah. we're speaking about the laws of success from the head level. But inside, I was an artist at heart, right? right. I was like, I got to take this deeper. I got to feel this. Not just, yeah. you know, not just say this, not just speak this, but feel this from a different place, right? right. So I started incorporating, you know, incorporating in the, the, the poetry and mixing it with art and motivation, personal development, um, ministry, um, and, and just developing what I call motivational art. I don't look at it as right. doing motivational speaking anymore, but it's motivational art. But I incorporated yeah. that poetry in, and, and man, I really connected with it myself. It was like I, yeah. it lit me up, and I was like, "This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This right here. This is this is it. I'm, I feel alive. I feel back to me. I feel whole, and I want to breathe this every day of my life. So right. whether it's you know speaking or writing or, or doing seminars live, I want to incorporate the poetry. I want to import, you know, incorporate the music that's on the inside, man. And and that's what yeah. I'm doing today. I love it. I love it. That's good, man. Uh, when did you start writing? What age? Um, 
you know, I started the first time I wrote a wrote a song was in church. Actually, man, I, I was eight years old. And I, I used to. Wow. And I didn't understand what I didn't understand what the what the the you know pastors were saying and stuff like that. Right. My mother, my mother and father, they they were the the worship team at church. So right. most of the time they would be up there and I'd kind of be sitting in the pew by myself and I didn't understand, you know, all the, the yeah. theological stuff, but I'd be sitting there with the, the hymn books back then. We had hymn books in the church yeah. and I'd take the, the little offering envelopes and I'd just be in there writing little, you know, silly songs, stuff that didn't really mean anything, but right. I was beginning the craft way back then. Like, it was like God was pouring in me right there uh, on the pew. And then later on, um, I started actually rapping and, and starting to move toward a more serious level of writing in, in uh, high school. You know, my sophomore year, I started, you know, making my first mixtapes. Um, also, I started winning some awards in, in um, you know, school, you know, getting in the newspaper for poetry and things like that. I started, you know, having little flashes of, of, of acknowledgement from from the world saying, hey, this is your calling, you know, giving me clues. Right. You know, like, hey, this is because we all get clues. We, we can't figure it out sometimes. But life was giving us clues all day, which way to go and what to do and who we are. We just have to listen. You know, Indeed. And I started I started around that time and. and the sophomore year, man. And it was from that point on, man, all the way up to my dad died. It was, you know, 120 music life, writing life, you know, music production, all of that, man. Wow. Wow, man. Um, did you have any training in your writing or did you take any classes? How did, how did that play out? Was it natural? My, my mentors really were just studying. Like I would study, you know, the greats. I'd break the the rappers uh, verses down and see how they were structuring their technique and the flows, like really getting it on paper, not just listening to it, but actually looking, um, you know, that how they were formulating the songs and, and, the, and the choruses and all that stuff. And then I would read up on them and find out who influenced them. And then I would see they were, you know, they were influenced by, you know, certain poets, man, you know, and I'd say, okay, who is that? Mm. And I'd go get that book and see how, you know, that book, if it influenced them, there must be something to it. And right. Then next thing I know, I'd see other artists and they'd say this same person, too. And I'm like, OK, this is one we really got to circle because this person's work is really influential. So I, I studied it like that. And, and these guys, a lot of the, the dead heroes, the dead legends, they were my mentors. You know, I didn't have anybody really just put put me under their arm and say, hey, this is how you're right. I didn't have that. You know, right. um, but I did have the greats. I did have the books. And, you know, if you're willing to study, man, the, the teachers are there. Our, yeah. our teachers are there and they can be found a lot of places. Sometimes God right. bring you somebody, you know, individually to show you. Other times you're going to have to, you know, seek and find, yeah. you know. And that's what I was having to do in the early stages was really just dive into the to the books and learn it on my own. Yeah, I'm 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 coming to hear that often um from the people that we bring on to this podcast that you have to study. Mm. It, it you it is great that you you have a natural ability to write, rhyme, mm -hmm. produce, all right. of that. But it's not enough. That's it's right. not enough to really because you can do it on a mom and pop level, you know, be known mm -hmm. for what you do in your area. Exactly. But if you if you want to really do it and do it for a living, you you have to study the greats, and I'm hearing that more and more often. Every ladder you go up, you know, every step of the ladder you go of success or whatever it is, there's a different level required, a different level of discipline, different level of study, different level of commitment, devotion, mm. and grind. All of these things have to be, um, you know, raised up each level that you want to go. If you want to go local, there's a local level, a work ethic level, a right. local study level, right? But if you want to go, hey, I want to do this for a living. Hey, I want to circle the globe and do this thing. I want to, you know, make something last and it's going to last for years. Man, that's a, mm. that's a whole different type of devotion that you're going right. to have to commit to. Yeah, there's systems, the systems that you have to 
that you have to learn so you can implement them into your program and here's something to be aware of too because I, I learned it the hard way most of my music career looking back i never really did me which is mm -hmm. you know disappoints me the most because i just didn't have like you know, i didn't have the the mentor personal mentor to actually look at my life and right. tell me this like i had the greats but they necessarily couldn't tell me about my life and, and i was having to learn how you know their lives and their situations applied to mine and sometimes i would miss it and what right. happens is we study the greats so much that we start to emulate them in the beginning that's the beginning mm -hmm. stages but right. if we're not careful we'll get boxed into the rules and and the, and the structure that they came you know from and yeah. never evolve into our own so mm. like at, at one point in time there at the very end of my career i started you know waking up to this revelation and what I, what i did then was starting to cut off music i cut off the books i stopped reading because i was like okay you have the basics now you have the foundation now you've got to go out there and find yourself you've got to dive deep into you and, and find that voice that sound that um that fire that structure yeah. that's on the inside and you got to dance to that music because like right. for years i've been dancing to everybody else's music and just barely wow. putting a little a little bit of billy in there you know what right. I mean? Just a little bit of right. Billy. That's not enough. No, it yeah. should be all Billy and a little bit of structure where you can hear the greats. And the structure, but it should be predominantly 80-20 should be the person that's right. And that's the voice we need to, you know, hear the most. And wow. I, I learned that the hard way. No one, no one broke, you know, broke that down to me yeah. for 17 years. Man, I had hit songs, but you know, to me, I I don't really connect with them because there's not, you know, much of me in it. Uh, right. It's sad to say, it just wasn't much, much of me in it. And yeah. when I started doing this motivation here, I said, I'm going to change that. I'm going to make sure every line is Billy, good or bad. I'm going to own the right. balls. I'm going to own the other stuff, too. I'm going I'm to own it all. It's going to be Billy because at the end of the day, I need something that's me. I need to mm -hmm. you know, be able to connect with my work and say that is mine. It's not right. you know, just a carbon copy of some other poet or a carbon copy of some other motivational speaker, carbon right. copy of some other music artist. It needs to be mine. So right. I, I started once I got to a point, I started shutting down uh, the, the outside influences and started listening to the to the music within. I see. I see. So would you say if you don't have that person in your circle, right, that is there to push and motivate you, mm -hmm. start with the greats, the books, you know, um, right, right. Uh, the late greats. Um, uh, but when when you do that and you build that foundation, go and do, but also go and find an in-person mentor. Right. If possible, you want that. I mean, you, yeah. you know, victory is established with great counselors is what the word tells us, right? Right. And uh, we need great counselors if that's available. But sometimes, man, you just gonna have to do this on your own. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like success is not an alone job, but we have to be willing to go at it alone until that yeah. person arrives you know right um and that's the hard part because nobody really wants to wants to do it alone man yeah and one thing i noticed too that why where i went wrong with the study i studied only the structure at the time mm. when i needed to study their mindset of the greats oh it, wow because it was the mindset that they had that produced the structure Right? I see. Now, we, if we have the mindset, we can create our own structure and, and, and see the world in a different way. So now I'm go back when I go back and study these guys, I, I understand that they maybe did four lines, six lines, whatever, however they did their poetry. I understand that. But what I want to know is why did he 
say that in the first place? Like, what opened the person or her mind in the first place that produced that work? That's what you want to adopt, you know what I mean? And and I, I learned that the hard way. For years, I was just studying the structure and not the mindsets of the greats. If you study the mindsets of the greats, then you can have everything the greats had. Yeah. So that's kind of where my focus shifted as far as the study and the mentorship is, you know, asking every artist, every every poet, every musician, I say, how does that person think? Yeah. Their thinking is producing the music. Their thinking is producing the the poetry. Their thinking is is producing whatever. So um, yeah. that that's where that's where my study goes to now. I put that under a magnifying glass and try to really soak that in. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you, man. As an artist, right, and and as a speaker, um, how did you hone in on your offerings, right? As a business person, now you. You you know you can produce you can write mm-hmm. uh, you can write the whole right you can do all of that. Um, how did you say or when did you start to say all right? Let me start to package this and put it out there. Well, actually, um, that's part of the philosophy that I teach. Man, I have a filtering system. Um, the way I approach life now is called fire, truth, music, FTM. Mm-hmm. Now, these mm. are the three elements you need if you want to be successful as an artist, a poet, or, or even just in life. These three things. Fire being your passion. What right. sets you on fire on the inside? What raises your energy level? Because you can't write great work right. if you're lukewarm. If you're lukewarm. Right. You know what I mean? It's, you've got yeah. to be on fire. I'm studying a book right now um, with Carl Jung about the alchemy of a- imagination. And the alchemists, the one thing that they all needed for every transformation was fire. Fire is was the, the, the element that had to be present to make yeah. the transformation. So the first step is we got to tap into that. The second thing is our truth, which is what you see on this the shirt here. The truth is the couture for greatness. We have yeah. to write from that place of truth, right? Okay, and then the last step is music. Now, it's not just, you know, acoustic music when I say this. Since everything in the universe is a vibration, we're all vibrating. Mm-hmm. Everything we do is a vibration, right? The music is what I call that vibration. And that's mm-hmm. us packaging the first two up. The fire mm-hmm. and truth. We say the question, how do I package up? What sets me on fire? What's my truth? How do I package these two together in a way that I can add value to the world? Right? Mm-hmm. That's your offering, your delivery, your, your product, right? Right. So I filter everything through these things, but I always start with that fire first. Most people in, in, in this society, they start with the money first. Like, well, how can I get paid? And they want to figure that out before they figure the fire out. The right. fire will always give you the money if you keep mm. burning. The right. money will not will, will never buy the fire. You understand that? So start out. with the fire. Right, right. And yeah. I say this, you know, the fire will take us up out of here. Once we, we set ourselves on fire, there's a certain level of energy um, and a certain level of inertia that lifts us. That lifts us out of this like existence that we're at here and makes transforms us into that great writer. That transforms us into that influential person or that voice or that musician or whatever. We got to have that fire to start. Now, once you get that fire, there's many ways you can package it up. Like I, I started out with the book, right? I started out with the physical book before I even did the videos. Now, once I got the 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 book done, I said, okay. Then I went to music. Like, how do I distribute this value now? What's the easy way uh, to reach the masses and people I'm trying to reach right now with leverage? What I mean by leverage is like in mm-hmm. music, there were local rappers, let's say. And what that means is they were on the corner like I was when I started. We're trying to touch people one on one. There's limits to that because I can only see so many people in a day. Right. It's not going to take me around the world because my, my, my delivery system is local. So mm-hmm. leverage is how do I take this value that I'm giving locally but distribute it worldwide? 
right? Got it. So at this this question, when I had that book out, I was like, what what what's some simple um, di distribution methods for delivering value today that won't cost me anything? Because when I started out, I didn't have no budget. I didn't I didn't you know I'd been going through the seven year struggle, lost everything, so I had no money. So I'm like, what's available to, available to me that I can uh, you know wrap this product and leverage? Okay, YouTube. Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. Twitter, these are forms of leverage. They're not just newsfeed and not just things that we need to, you know, just to, to rob us of our attention all day long. These things are tools to the person that understands that. So I took these tools that were available and I just said, okay, I'm going to make product that people want to seek out that will impact them. I'm going to add value to them first. Mm. And by adding value to them first, like that video you tapped into and watched, right? It was free. It didn't cost me nothing, right? Now, right. you if you like that, if you connect with my work at the end of my videos, I advertise the book. But I don't start with the book. This is what most people do. They start out with the book, like buy, buy, buy before they get value. You got to sow before you read, man. So what I did is like I give these videos out every week. On Sunday night, I would put them out every single week. And I've been doing this for four years now. And it's wow. all free. I sow life and fire and truth in these people. And I build the credibility with the listener, like yourself. And then yeah. it translates into sales. They don't, I don't ever, I barely sell them ever have to pitch the book. It pitches itself because I add so much value to the people that people understand that, right? right? And they respect that. If you add people, you know, if you add to someone's life and make them better, man, they will spend with you all day long. You don't have to go, right. you know, you know, flood their, you know, flood them with spam and, and pound on them all right. day. All you got to right. do is add value. Money takes its value. Yeah. That's it. So you got to say, how do, how do I provide the most value I can and wrap that value in leverage and take it to the masses. And that's, mm. what, that's what I did with um, the book. The book sold in 29 countries now. So it, it's been an amazing journey, but each step along the way, man, I had to study. I had to look at the situation and really dive in and say, you know, what do you want me to do here, Lord? I had to study and, and, and find these things. It wasn't given to me, man. Nobody gave me the blueprint for doing this. Yeah. There, there was no one said, hey, man, I want you to do motivation. You're going to put this video out every day. And nobody Got told it. me any of this. I made a lot of mistakes, you know, trying yeah. to figure this stuff out. But trial but, and error. You know, yeah, trial and error, man. And just continue to pursue trust in the process. And the process is I know if I burn every day, my passion, if I burn every day and everything, every word that I say is true, the people will feel it. And eventually I'll produce the lifestyle, the the, the, the career, the dream, whatever it is that I want to, to build. It, it will come to fruition if I stick by these principles and buy into the process. So that that's kind of the way that I've built this, you know, this movement that I've got going on right now. This exact blueprint that I, I use to do it. Yeah. Where's the seven come in? Man, the seven is the number for spiritual completion. Like mm. if you see, um, I put it on most of the words that I had that I got here, like with the fire, yeah. right? You see the crown, that's the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, the spiritual aspect. Um, the seven number being the, the number for spiritual completion, like the world was mm -hmm. created with the seven days. In the in the seven, you see the cross for Christ, yep. and then nice. there's a five-point star, each letter on the star standing for a letter in grace. So, like I put this in the center of everything I do, right? I don't just dream big, I dream big from the center of God's will for my life. That's what gives it power, and that's the way I'm able to manifest the impossible because it says, with God, all things are impossible. Right? right. With God, all things are possible, but right. they never teach us that with part. How do we get to that with part? We have to get the center of his calling, his word and his plan. And when we do, then we can dream big and do whatever, you know, that he puts in our spirit. We can do it Indeed. all. Indeed. Let me ask you. So, yeah, as a as a believer and 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 how you're unapologetically um, promoting and and living it out. 
has that because you know it's not popular, right? Um, not yet. We're gonna make it popular. <laughs> there you go. We're gonna make exactly. it popular. We're gonna keep exactly. Going. Make Most it definitely. Most definitely. So ha has that hindered you at all in the industry, right? I mean, there's you're gonna get you're gonna get some hesitation at different places, but the way I, you know, compensated for that is I went full speed. Mm. You know, most people in you know Christian world or, or the believers, man, they tiptoe like, should I? Man, go full speed. Right. One twenty. I'm not going. I'm not going to hesitate and, and play the game of life timid and be scared to represent the God that delivered me from those panic attacks and PTSD. See, I cut a wow. deal with him back on the block years ago when I was going through that, um, you know, panic attacks and and stuff. I I did everything that I knew to get over that and could not get over it. Right. So I got to the end of me like seven years in. I'm like, I don't know. This is going to be the rest of my life. So I cut a deal with him. I said, Lord, you know, if you heal me, I don't have anything off you. But if you heal me, I'll go out and tell him who did. It. So when wow. he when he delivered on his promise, I said, OK, you know, I've got to go 120. I didn't have any problem going 120 when I was promoting drug life, gang life and, right. and Hollywood lifestyle, killing people. I had no, no problem going 120, destroying the community with my mouth. So why wow. in the world now, after having you know the victory and the, and the way he showed love to me, man, when I didn't deserve it, why would I half step and tiptoe when I got an opportunity to to, to, to brag on him? So I just yeah. go one twenty with that, and I know if you go one twenty, man, you know you'll burn away the obstacles. Like I said, that fire mm -hmm. will burn away any obstacle that's in the way. Right. So basically, you made it undeniable. That's right. Unstoppable, bro. That's what the we say. The value that you provide. Yeah, the value that you provide is undeniable. You can say what you want about what you believe and, you mm -hmm. know, but it it is what it is. The value that I that I bring, you need. See, the person who's most clear, has the most clarity in the room, commands the room, right? So you got to get real clear who your God is, who he made you to be, and come to that room with a purpose, man. And nobody can stop you. Nobody can stop you. Now, the, the lie the enemy tells is, well, you know, you, you should tiptoe or not mention God or, you know, you can make more money if you didn't say this and that. That's the lie. That's the enemy's lie. And I bought into it for years in the rap game because when I started out, I was really, you know, I was raised, my family raised me in a positive, you know, mindset. But the people were telling me, well, you know, that positive rap, that don't sell, bro. What's selling right now is drug rap. Right. Or what's selling right now is this game. And, and I bought into that because I'm not seeing anyone in the neighborhood making money doing positive stuff. So I just conceded to that belief, right? right? Later on, it's like, you know, who told me that belief? Who sold me that? And maybe I just bought into something, the illusion of something that wasn't even real. I just bought into the illusion. Therefore, yeah. it became my reality. So I flipped it around. I said, you know what? You know, I'm going to question that theory. I'm going to attack it 120 and I'm going to, you know, put their their theory up that you can't do positive stuff and be successful. I'm going to put that to the test, man. We're going to go 120. We're going to see. We're going to put it on the fire. We're going to put it on the fire and see if, if that if that theory, that, that idea that yeah. they got, if it comes through the fire on the other side. And it doesn't. Yeah. Because for everyone that, that maybe shied away a little bit from me, I had 10 other businesses that were happy that I was saying what I was saying. And I emboldened mm. them to say what they were hesitant to say. You understand? Wow. So that's what we do. We come through and we light the fire every place we go and we show them, hey, man, you don't have to you don't have to bow down to the enemy. That's right. his version. We don't have to live by his rules. Got it. I mean? So that's that's the way I approach it, man. Love it. Love it. So I, and as you're speaking, I'm looking behind you. So the first book is Blessed and Unstoppable. So but right. right this volume. One. Got you. Volume one. And then burning is what? 
that's the poetry book. That's the one I'm working that's on. That's the now. poetry book. That's the one that's coming out. Spring, spring 2021, man. Spring nice. 2021. Nice. So, so what's the premise of 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 burning and and what's the inspiration behind it? Well, it, it's burning the inner symphony of fire. What mm. we're talking about right here. Right. I'm still right. doing. I'm still doing my teaching. I'm still teaching the philosophy. I'm still teaching the word. I'm still teaching discovery in this. What I've done is take personal development and deliver it in an artistic way. You know, mm. it's not just on, on the surface, but I'm showing you in your soul, like how this applies. Like the first book was more about the laws, the external laws of success. This one is about the internal laws of success, right? Mm. The, the stuff that's on the inside of you that you need, because we could do everything on the outside. We can line up with all these um, external laws, like vision, goals, dreams, standards, excellence, grind, all this stuff, focus. We can align all that. But if we don't understand the person on the inside of us, none of that, we're not going to be able to reach. That's not going to help us get to where we need to be. It's not going to help us become the full version of ourselves. Only right. when we understand who we are, then apply the external principles and laws, shall we become consolidated and unstoppable. So this is what this book is doing, is helping us you know, look inside and, and find that voice and not be scared of that voice. Not be scared of that voice. Yeah. Let me ask you. So um, I had who did I have on our most recent episode? Um, Paige is my Tom. Uh, he's a he's a renowned spoken word artist. Um, and we, we, we talked about poetry books and live performances. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. So with your poetry book. Do you write your literary work the same way you perform it? Or do you write it a different way for the reader than for the listener? Listener, I'll, I keep it with the end goal in mind. Everything that I write, you know, I have a goal really to, to speak it and put it into music, to put it into spoken word that way. Because that, that, I'm being, you know, rooted in one of my strengths, my personal strength that God gave me is speaking, right? So I always felt it through my strength. It was like, if I say this, I... I need to say it in a way that it will, you know, not just reach their mind, not just speak to their heart, but I'm going for the DNA of the soul of the person that I'm listening to. And I've got to be on fire and I've got to be able to articulate in such a way that it shakes them down there. So I, I do everything that I write. I do it as if I'm speaking it, giving a speech to, you know, thousands of people in front of a podium. That's that's my mindset, you know, when I'm doing the writing. Gotcha. Are you going to do an audio book for it? Oh, yeah. I've already um, put out four um poetic compilations of some of the material that's out of this book. If you if you go on to Spotify or iTunes right now, there's four different segments already. And they're usually 10, 12 minute segments of, you know, mm. a compilation of poems that I'll assemble and kind of give it one theme for the title or whatever. But it'd be multiple poems inside yeah. um, some form of music. And I'll deliver it just speaking over the music, um, delivering the message that way. But yeah, okay. it's going to be it's going to probably be 10 to 12 uh tracks 10 minutes for each track of this of this book nice nice now the book to your left i believe your left um that one is volume two less than unstoppable volume two, right it, it should come out the fall um or winter of 2021 man it's i've already got pieces that i laid out i've already got the the format the structure everything for it uh it'll be the, the format will be just like volume one but much deeper some other principles i'm going to speak on in this one so uh, it's already pretty much together, man. I really just need to sit down and do it. And in, my intention going in was I was going to write the, the poetry book and volume two at the same time, split my mm -hmm. days up between the two writing. But um, 
I got somewhere along the line, I was like, no, 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 with this poetry, man, I need to just be single-minded, single-focused, mm. and just listen to this music. Um, I'm on a 40-city tour right now, going around um, the United States speaking, doing seminars. So when I'm going to these cities, I'm breathing these cities when I go. I'm trying to get you know the influence from every place I go to import it into my work. I go to yeah. you know museums if they're open, depending on what cities are right now with COVID, but I'll, right. I'll try to go to places, man, that I can see stuff that's gonna change me. I don't wanna go see something that's not gonna change me. I don't wanna right. waste a second on something that's not gonna change me on the inside. So every, every city that I go to, I try to plan out a few things, man, I've got to go see. Like I'm going to Europe in uh, January, going to the Louvre, going to Paris, going to London, um, going to Vienna. I'm gonna go study where all the artists were, man, while I'm there. I want all that stuff to be you know, imported in before I finish this book. So um, I kind of set my tour up for that. You know, it's not just me going out and speaking, but it's also, you know, the preparation and the inspiration yeah. for the writing that I'm doing right now. Yeah. Did did COVID interrupt too much for you? Because, I mean, you were already motivating heavily virtually or online anyway. Right. 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 Well, well the thing was, I had just set up this 40 city tour, you know, January. I got these 40 cities. So. The middle of March, I'm in Washington, D.C., and they shut the whole country down then. So I was down with the live events until June, like about a month and a half or so, I was down. As soon as they opened that gate up, man, I was back out on that road, bro. Like, it right. didn't slow me down. Actually, it's made it better for me because there's mm -hmm. no competition. The hotels mm -hmm. would give me give me their venues for one-third of the cost what they would have because wow. nobody's booking them out. I'm going into these venues, and I'm getting everything I want for nothing. They, like, just happy that I come. You know what right. I'm saying? So I'm getting upgrades at the hotels, the flights, you know, one half of what they were. I'm like, right. man, God just really opened the door for this, man. And the yeah. people that have been coming to the events, man, are so much um, hungrier, you know, because like if you're coming out of your house at this point in time, you're hungry. You're seeking something, right? right? right. So it kind of, it, it also filtered out the ones that weren't really serious, that were just taking up oxygen in the room in my events. And, and it filled it with people that are actually serious that are trying to commit change in their life. So man, I've been really, really enjoying this this thing, and I haven't done much virtual, bro. To be honest, man, I I never really? got off my blueprint. I let everybody else do that. I'm like, bro, I'm, God is with me. God still moves. Um, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No place shall come near thy dwelling. I bought into that, and I'm like, man, I'm going. You know, yeah. I, I don't need to bow to the enemy's you know version of God, man. I bow to the yeah. one. So I'm I'm not worried about that. I just attacked it, you know, full speed. It's not like back in the day I used to play football. My daddy would say, you know, son, if you're gonna run through the hole. Do it full speed. Don't come through right. tiptoeing. You're going to get killed. Even if you're yeah. wrong, do it full speed. Right? right? So I just attack my life this way. It's like, if I'm going to make a mistake, then do it full speed. So yeah. with the COVID, with the COVID, I was like, COVID needs somebody playing the life, you know, the game of life, timid, scared, and fearful to cling on. It cannot cling on to somebody who's on fire, focused, determined, and got a vision, man. It don't mm. want no part of that. It don't want no part mm. of that. They say they ask me all the time, like when I'm out on this tour, are you worried about getting COVID? I say no, because I don't have no room for COVID in my mind. For COVID mm -hmm. to get on me, it's got to get in here first, bro. Mm -hmm. And that ain't happening. That ain't happening. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just man. I've been in 25 cities this year. I stayed 110 nights on the road this year while COVID was going on, bro. Ain't a, ain't got a sniffle, nothing, cause God still moves. Right. Yeah, you just gotta believe Him, and we got to walk like that. You know, if I walked right. in there like, ooh. Somebody might have if if I start praying like that, I'm I'm gonna get killed before I even get started, man. So yeah. man, I, I look at it like I did with the panic attacks back in the day. I gave away twenty five hundred days of fear. I'm not giving away another one, man. Because fear can't be compartmentalized. It won't mm. just stop with COVID. If we let COVID come, it'll be a fear of everything. Next thing you know, you'll be just like I was in that room two weeks at a time, scared to come out. 
You right. know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm not giving away it. One more day of my life. You know, we're only meant to die one time, bro. We were right. designed to die 30,000 deaths. And that's what we do. When we get up and submit to fear, we die that day. Every yeah. day that we give in fear is a day that we die. And I'm not dying no more. We're going right. to attack life, good or bad. We're going to attack at 120, all in or nothing left. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How do you how do you set up your tours? Let me you, right. So so do you do you have uh, companies and businesses venues reach out to you and say, hey, we want to be on be one of the stops on your tour, or do you set up the? No, nah, we've stop? been we've been full we've been fully hand every every aspect of the tour. Um, I wanted to be in control of. Um, when we started out, I didn't see the the big thing that was coming with the COVID, but actually the way we set it up originally only solidified our mission in the first place because people that were waiting on other companies to book them and venues to call all those mm. people been sitting at home out of a job as a speaker for the last you know 12 months or whatever we behind the wheel we controlling our destiny here so like i didn't have to ask permission i wasn't waiting if somebody couldn't do a venue man we on to the next man and we controlling every aspect of the tour so that put us in control and i didn't know that going in but i just trust god and see god right. knew about this stuff before i knew about it of course and he put us in position so that when this thing happened man you know we were in position to win even during this time and go out and give this critical message that needs to be um delivered in this moment gotcha so you you go and get the venues and all of that yeah i got a team man i tell them hey i want to be in this city like we just mapped out 2021 I got 25 dates already lined up for 2021. Nice. Uh, this week, I laid it all out, papers, figured out what dates we're going to do. It. I handed it over to my team. They book us. Usually, we're in the Hiltons. We, we usually do um, Hilton venues, man. And uh, I'm a diamond member with them, so they give us good rates and all that. And and um, we called around, booked these 25 venues for the different cities, and, and it's on and popping. Nice. Nice. Ownership. That's right. That's right, bro. Like, we the yeah. head and not the tail. Right. Above, not below. We were little many nations in our borough. So we got to take this word and not just read it, but actually become it, man. Right. You, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you're playing offense. You're not playing defense, waiting for right folks to come to you. You 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 creating it and letting the people come to you. See, faith was never designed to be passive. We to be aggressive even in the waiting. Even when we waiting, we still on the attack. You understand? Right. That's the that's the way we supposed to attack. We supposed to be David, man, King David, the warrior king. We got the blood of Christ covering us, but we still got to get in the ring with Goliath and face the things that we you know that scare us the most, man. And that's yeah. how we prove that we truly believe in God is to take risks, man. You know, to right. get out there and, and say, man, I trust you, God. I don't understand everything. I don't know everything. There's a there's a you know great chance that I'm going to fail and, and this could be a disaster or whatever. But I'm trusting you with that. And yeah. I'm going to step out here and, I, and I'm going to listen to you every single day to guide my steps. But I'm going to trust you all the way. But I'm going to do my part. You know, yeah. as believers, um, it's taught in the church that, you know, we get saved. We, we come to the altar. We accept Christ into our life. And the thing is, we're never taught what to do after that. It's like right. they leave us at the altar. We yeah. get saved, but we're still broke. The right. marriage is still in trouble. We're still in a yeah. job we don't like. The family's still under attack. The kids suffer. All this, right? We're not taught that part. That's that's one reason I wrote the book, Blessed and Unstoppable. The blessed part is us getting, getting salvation that we didn't earn. We don't have to do anything for salvation, right? We just get that because Christ died on the cross for it. That's free. But the right. unstoppable part, man, this is what you know, 90% of the church is not unstoppable. Why? Because we have to line up and play our part. We have to line up with the with the laws that God put in place in order to produce that here on earth, right? When we get to heaven, we'll have it all. But if we want to walk in the fullness of the blessing here, we must align. It's about alignment with the word, right? Be not a hearer only, but a doer also. 
So yeah. once once we realize that, once we start aligning, man, we can start building, we can get on the offense, and we can start playing this game of life the way it was intended to be played and start yeah. actually winning, hashtag winning, instead of sitting at home playing the games, you know, timid and scared, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love it. I love it, man. Um, So earlier on in the episode, we talked about studying. Um, mm-hmm. To what level did you study and 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 figure out to where that you wanted to become Dr. Billy Osbrooks? Well, I went to, in around 2011, I went back to school, got my degree in, in ministry and, and theology. And um, as I started doing the, the motivation, going out and doing the talks at colleges and, and prisons and all this, um, I got awarded the doctorate for the impact that I was doing, for the world impact that I was doing. And that was, you know, a tremendous honor, man, that, that is one of the greatest, you know, sentimental things to me is to actually be you know acknowledged for doing the making the impact man you know it so many years i was making the wrong kind of impact in, in the streets and um you know hurting people around me with the words i was saying we don't understand uh in the early years how much power our words have right you know death and life is in the power of the tongue those that love it shake the foods thereof and i'm on stage and i'm saying everything the enemy wants me to say so in death life and destruction and people mm. say well that's just rapping uh-uh it's not. God didn't say that. God said every word you say got power. And we're going to be held accountable for every word, right? And I just didn't notice. And I'm sowing that kind of stuff around the people around me. And I'm seeing guys, you know, you know, ODing, dying from drug overdoses. I'm seeing guys, you know, gangbanging, shooting, dying, going off to prison 30 years. And I'm saying, why all this happening? Because that's what we are, you know, articulating, speaking in the community, right? Yeah. So going around this time, man, I'm like, I've got to be more selective, of the words I use, more aware of my influence and the impact that I'm capable of making around with those around me and on right. the global and on and on the global scale. Yeah. And um, you know, that's it. It's one thing I try to stress to rappers today, man. Be aware of what yeah. you're saying. Right. Like, you know, we, if we want real change, it don't come by way of Washington, man. It come it comes by the way of us taking control back of our mouths, our visions, our dreams, and us, you know, impacting one person at a time in our community, sowing life, loving people, um, doing what God has called us to do, getting in the center of that thing and trusting him. That's how we create the change that we want to see. We've got to become it, not just talk about it. You know, every year, every election time, everybody says, hey, they won't change, they won't change. This time, it's time to start drinking, drinking from the cup that right. actually produces change. Not talking about it, but us as individuals owning our own role in this. You know, we can't always point to Washington and say they need to do something because they don't understand what needs to be done anyway. We right. know we in the community. We know what needs to be done. When I'm when I'm in that rap community, I'm on stage. I know I shouldn't be saying this stuff. I right. see my buddy over there hurting. I see him on the verge of OD and I see him every night taking drugs. Right. But I don't say anything. Right. And then, you know, he ODs. Who's to blame? Is it somebody in Washington? No, I knew better. God sent me there to tell him. I didn't tell him. Right. So, you know, I think change comes from us taking that responsibility on us, man, and saying, bro, I'm going to do everything in my power that I can as an individual and not worry so much about what other people are doing. Just worrying about me and making sure that I'm doing what he's called me to do. Every person that he sends in my path, I'm going to deliver that message that he gave me to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. When you started, when you first started, you said, you know, you didn't have too much, you know, money and mm-hmm. um, you didn't have a team at the time. How how did you build your team? Still, that's that's one area still that that yeah. I'm working on now. I've yeah. just been more selective on who I partner with in music. Definitely. I jump and partner with people real quick, you know, just like, oh, let's let's team up. Let's, right. We're not really saying does our, does our personalities mesh. 
You know, right. do we got the same dreams? Do we got the same goals? Do we got the same standards and, and core values. Like yeah. I wasn't doing those kind of things, man. I was just partnering with everybody. And man, did I pay a price for that? Man, did mm. I learn from that? So much drama, so much strife came from partnering with the wrong people. You know, and the people were good people. They just wasn't right fit for me. And I wasn't the right, right fit for them. You know, right. and that's the thing. You've got to find who's right for you and your situation and what you're trying to build. And, and these align, you know, the, the spirits have to align behind the purpose and the goal and the vision. Right. And um, everybody's, you know, vibrating at a different level, different frequencies. And some frequencies just don't match. Right. And, and, and the wisdom comes in knowing who to partner with, you know, and, and, and why to partner with. And then also how long to partner with. Yeah. Sometimes the struggles that I had in the, in, in the music business was this person might have been right for the first album, but I'm trying to go in a different direction on the second album. That person's not really aligned with where I'm going on the second album. And my problem would come when I was trying to bring that person along with me to a place that they weren't really mm. wanting, um, you know, befit to go with me. You know what I'm saying? Right. So we, we have to constantly be asking that question. And when I go out in these seminars now, what I teach, one thing I ask everybody that comes to my seminars, I say, you know, write this question down. I say, who in your life right now doesn't belong? Mm. That's a profound question because before you can get the right people on the bus, you got to get the wrong people off the bus because right mm. now they sitting in a seat that is meant for somebody else. And until they, they get up, nobody can sit down, right? right. So um, that's, that's kind of you know where my focus has been this, this go around is being very patient, playing the, a longer term game too. And music, it was three months, six months cycles. You put a record out, you got about three months, six months to make money on it, and then you're on to the next record. With poetry, is it, it's eternal, man. Wow. Poetry, there is no, no lifespan, right? If you write good work, right. we're still reading stuff from 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, right? Wow. So I'm like, it's a long-term game. I'm looking at it more now like a five-year plan. Like, where do I want to be in five years from now? And how do I you know, strategically paste the chess pieces on the board yeah. So that in five years, I've got that checkmate that I wanted in, in this industry and in my life and my creative um, endeavors. So yeah. I've been much more patient about who to, you know, who am I partner with now? And um, it, it, it's challenging because, you know, at times I'll be like, sure. Man, I need somebody. I got I can't do oh, this no. on my own. But at the same time, I can't rush and just bring somebody on because of that. I've got to make sure yeah. it's, that it's the right fit and also the God fit. God mm. sent. God sent. Yeah. I gotta make sure, you know, everybody that comes to me, I say, Lord, you know, is this person from you or is this person from the enemy? Yeah. You know, and I didn't do that in music. And the enemy was sending me all kind of people to take me down the wrong road. Right. So, so um just being a little bit more patient, playing a longer term game and uh understanding that it, you know, if you get up and do the right things every day and, and stay on fire, the right people will find you. Right. I say this on one of the videos, set yourself on fire. And the world will come see you burn, right? Mm. A great evangelist John Wesley said that, and um, that's really what I've lived by. Like, okay, because when I started out, I had zero, nobody was on my team, and I just lit up on that YouTube and started, you know, lighting that fire up. And I bought in, like, okay, if I set myself on fire mm -hmm. and I do it consistently and I distribute this fire with leverage to the masses, eventually the right crowd the right audience, the right team to build what God has put in me will, will present itself and will manifest itself. And then we'll, we will execute what the dream that we're, that we're sitting here dreaming. So I've, I've been buying into that philosophy along the way, every step, and it's been paying off. And it's been, been fulfilling itself and proving itself. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. We have, um, along with our podcast, uh, master classes, right? Um, 
particular guests that come on that have a message, have a journey to, uh, to, to, to tell um, and can really impart uh, what they know and what they've learned uh, to the people. And we would love to have you uh, for one of our master classes, man. Man, it'd be we an honor. It'd be an honor. Yeah. It'd be on. Because yeah. I yeah. feel like a lot of the stuff that I, I'm, I'm telling you right here, I mm -hmm. wish somebody would have told me, man, 20 years ago. It would have cut five years off of some of the stuff that I had to go through. So, man, I, you know, I, I, yeah. I love I love that. And everybody that I try to, you know, um, that comes in contact, I try to, you know, sow some kind of direction and some kind of wisdom in it because there were so many steps along the way where I just didn't have anybody. And if right. I had yeah. somebody, man, I could have I could have done a lot better. Um, right. Found myself quicker. Yeah. Been, been more emboldened to pursue me instead sure. of everybody else, you know? Yeah. But see, that's what I think it's like for the poet in general. You know, because poetry is still, even though it's old, right, in, in, in age, it's still in its infancy as it relates to a poetry industry. Mm -hmm. There's a poetry community that has been right, aging, right. Right? right? But the right. industry is very young. And, right, and right. you know, so many poets are like, man, I don't know anyone personally that is really doing it like doing it, you know? Right. And, and so that's why it's so important for me to um, do what I can do to show it, um, you know, because I'm turning 38 on Sunday and for 30 some odd years, I'm searching, you know, I'm on Google. I'm, I'm, right. I'm literally searching, trying to find who is winning in poetry, mm -hmm. right? Like, what are some ways that I can make money in poetry and, and, and make this, um, you know, my full time, my, my career. And so, you know, just after a while, man, um, I just said, I need to just, I need to just do right. Mm -hmm. I, I needed to, I, we started off and we were, we were, um, a clothing line poet life gear. And, uh, then it just started to evolve. And so I think that that's what it is. It's just, just start and Amen. think, start to to grow and evolve to where, where it needs to go and look at me now i'm sitting here talking to billy osbrooks yeah <laughs> you know god yeah. is good god yeah is most good. definitely so yeah it's it's really important to me um that other poets around the world not just around the country understand that uh that that poetry is more than the poem that you write amen it's what you like it's what you're doing uh, incorporating it into public speaking and motivational books and motivational YouTube videos. And cause at first I was just like, yeah, he's, he's going for it. Then I was like, hold on that, that rhymes. Hold on. That's a poem. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Trying yeah. to say it in a poetic way. Right, poetic right. Way. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and that just spoke to me. Um, and I, and I really wanted poets to get it, to understand um, you're not only good in poetry, you're good in other things. Um, if you can't see it to where poetry is, is uh, alone is the thing that will get you there. Couple it, couple it with the other gifts that you have, because God has given you other gifts. Amen. Right. Amen. Right. 
And 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 so so um, I really appreciate that the fact that you you figured out after some years how to present it in the way that um, is secure and and authentic to you. It it held me up that that same belief that you were saying earlier that people can't make money in poetry. Right. Um, I, I've had this dream of poetry, man, to do this book, man, since probably 2002, 2003. Wow. And every single time I would hit that wall because I'd say, well, how am I going to sell that? And they say that poetry is the least selling genre of all books. Right. And um, I actually wrote um, probably half a book in 2004 of poetry mm. and then got discouraged by this. And pretty mm. much I left it on a floppy, a three five floppy disk and just right. Like, OK. And, and I just really walked away from it. And then God resurrected the dream, you know. Couple years ago, hey, this yeah. go back, go back to what I put in you. You're right, right, right. leaving me, and I still had the floppy, and I was, wow. I, but I didn't have a floppy drive even in my house to, to <laughs> right. put it in to do it. So right. I went and found, I went and found somebody, man, printed the the poems out, man. I was like, wow, this stuff was was powerful stuff, man. And back and I just, lives. yeah, it still it still lives, man. And I was like, man, you know, I, I just gave up too quick and, and didn't really put on my other hat. Cause see, here's what we got to do. Um, we're talking about two sides of the brain here. The, the creative aspect is right brain, right? The the business right. aspect is left brain. This is why poets and musicians and rappers and have struggles in business because it's a left uh, left sided thing, right? right? So what we got to do is we got to either learn how to cut that left side on, or we got to partner with somebody who's left side, um, you know, oriented and dominated, and they say, mm. "Hey, I love business. I need something to build a business." And you say, "Well, hey, I got product." You know, I'm looking for somebody to build a business with this. Let's partner. You handle the business aspect. I'll handle the creative aspect. And now you've got the marriage, the union, and, and then you got something you can build on. My situation, I didn't have that in the beginning. So I would have to kind of put on both hats. Like, okay, you know, I yeah. got the idea for the book. I'm doing the writing. And then I'll come out of that mindset and say, okay, how do I sell this thing? Right. And the way that, that encouraged me and got me back doing it was poetry is one of the least selling genres motivation self-help um personal development inspiration is one of the top selling genres right. and i already had that so i'm like why don't i just bring these two together i'm not gonna have any problem because i've already you know understanding this now once i understood that i realized that hey i just needed to marry them together that's it you know and um once i got it here like i said the mindset once i got yep. the mindset right man it was off to the races man and i love that sometimes our breakthrough is right in front of us. We just can't see it. You understand? Right. So, and, and we think we don't have something. Like, we've got all the stuff that's missing. It's right in front of us. The one thing that will open everything else is right in front of us. We just need to look for it. Right. You know, just like the keys that are hardest to find when they're right in front of you, right? We can't right. find the car keys. They're right in yeah. front of you every yeah. single time. And it's the same thing with this calling, man. Um, I'll give you a funny story. When I started coming out of the panic attacks, every day I'd go around this my, my block in my neighborhood I had this one mile square block mm -hmm. and uh, I would go outside and I was trying to find my life. God had healed me and uh, I was trying to find out what my new calling was. So I'd been out of music business almost eight years at this point, but I'd still have my music studio, my recording equipment still connected and everything in my living room. I still had the mic sitting right in the middle of my living room. That mm -hmm. would change it for eight years. It was just sitting there. Now, every day I would get up and I'd go outside to you know, talk to God. Hey, show me my calling. Show me what I'm here for now. I'm, I'm ready. I'm over this panic attacks. Put me in. I'm ready, coach. You know, right, right. Tell God, me the game. 
and but I didn't know what because I had left rapping and I'd left that life and completely shut off that it could be anything behind the mic, right, or music or any of that. And every single day as I'm going outside to go to go pray and do my alone time, I'm literally bumping my head into the microphone in the middle of the living room. Like I would come, you know, put my shoes on, kind of be looking down as I'm walking out. Boom, hit the mic in my head, and I'd be like, man, that mic, and I move it, go outside. God, show me what I'm here for. Show me what I'm supposed to do. I come back inside, going back to my room. I still kind of have my head down as I'm walking. Boom, I bump back into the mic. I did this over and over and over. I'd be out there asking God, show me what I'm called to do. It was literally bumping me in the head every single day. It was right in front of me. So I know God was like, look at the mic. Look at the mic. Right. So, you know, a couple of years later, you know, God finally worked on me enough, man, and I understood it, removed the blinders. And I said, hey, man, why don't I try doing this, some of this motivational stuff that, you know, I listen to in my headphones like you. Um, I'd go out when I was having the panic attacks and stuff like that. The therapist told me, hey, uh, listen to motivation. It'll help you get through the day. So mm-hmm. I would listen to this stuff. And as I was listening to it back in the day, I was listening to it from a, a music producer, songwriter standpoint. And I was hearing things that they were doing. I was like, mm, I could do that better. You know, right. the music's not matching up with what they're saying and like right. all this kind of stuff. I was looking at it like a producer. So years later, when I got healed, it was like God got back in my spirit. And I was like, oh, I could do that because I remember that, you know, I was studying even when I didn't know I was supposed to be studying motivation. Yeah. I was still studying. it. Right. Right. So I, I came back in and ported, um, you know, imported the things in that I had learned during that struggle and married it back to the music and creativity. And then we developed, you know, the movement that's going on now, man. So. As you were saying something, too, that was really profound. There was a book that, that taught me this, but you mentioned it. You know, we have different gifts, right? Right. And it's the marrying of those gifts. Like, maybe it's only mm. you thinking I'm just a poet, right? right? And that's the problem is you think you're only a poet. There's other things in there. And it's all poetry. Everything you do is a poem, right? Oh, it's poet life. Spoke, right. Some of it's spoken. Some of it's silent poetry, right? It's still a poem, bro. The way we get up is a poem, right? So wow. the, thing, the thing is, is taking these different elements of, of we have um, that are gifts. Maybe you're not the number one uh, person in the world. For instance, me, right? Rapping. I wasn't the number one, I, but mm-hmm. maybe I'm in the top 70%, right? I'm in that top 30%, right? Right. So right. I take that gift and I take, okay, well, I also write songs. I'm, you know, I'm in the top 10 of the producers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the strength. I move that over. And then I say, what else? Okay. Well, I love personal development. Well, I study it more than anybody. I mean, 15 years, I've been just breathing this. That's a strength because I've been mm-hmm. reading it for so long. Bring that over here. Okay, I got saved. I went to ministry school. God gave me, you know, revelation of this word and a special way to teach it. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. another gift. Boom. Now I got all these gifts over here. Now, none of them are number one, let's per se, individually. Mm -hmm. But now the magic happens when you bring them all together. You take the 20 percent where you're, you know, Mm -hmm. 20 percent at the top echelon, the 10 percent and the 30 percent. And you put these together and you're in your own lane. You've got all these gifts. And for someone to come in your lane, they're going to have to be gifted in so many areas that they can't come in your lane. Now you have a space that is all yours. You have a sound. You have a gift, a, a word, a voice, a poem, whatever, a style. It's all yours. Mm. And, and then it's yours. You don't have to compete. And when you don't have to compete, then you are number one at you, doing you. So what you have to do is identify your strengths, in, identify the gifts, and then ask God, show me how to bring these together. Show me how to make a household out of this, to marry these things together in such a way that I can deliver some value, Lord, that I can make a difference. And it's the strangest thing how some sometimes these things will, you know, come together. You know, like yeah. I know musicians that were trying to be rappers and they were mediocre. 
but they had a really good gift of writing short lines, like one-line sentences. These guys are top-notch, number one in the world, making commercials for you know car companies and, and AT&T and everything else, because that's their strength. They just right. needed to modify the delivery system, like you were talking about, bringing right. the strengths into that, and they the number right. one in there, because no one could do what they do in that, in that genre or that lane or whatever. So sometimes it's just a little tweak like that can make all the difference in the world and can open up the financial side of this business. Nice. You know, just that little tweet. Look around. Look around because you've got it all. Here's, here's yeah. the thing. On the inside, we got everything we need. We just don't know how to use what's on the inside of us. And right. that's called wisdom. And once we elevate ourselves and understand that we can see the tools that we have. And yeah. when you really when you see your tools and you see yourself accurately, you realize at that point when you really can see God in you, you realize that you don't have any weaknesses. It was just strengths misunderstood all along. Mm. And once you understand that, bro, then you, then you can conquer the world, man. Wow. Wow. I man. Um, so what's your next stop in your on your on your tour? Boston. And Boston. we uh yeah, I had to I had actually it was supposed to be in this weekend it was supposed to be in London. They still on okay. lockdown, man. If you come in from the oh, US, yeah. you got 14 day quarantine. So I right. couldn't do that. So we moved we moved London to January 24th. So the next stop on the list is is Boston, um, Dallas, Charlotte, Philly. San Diego, Portland, Seattle. That's all the way to the end of the year. Every weekend from November 8th, every Sunday, all the way out, we booked up all the way to the end of the year. Beautiful. Beautiful. Awesome, man. Um, so 20, 2021, you already have 24, the 20, 25, 25, 25 stops already laid out. Yeah, man. We, love we got, we, we got 21 in the U S but we, this year coming, we're going to really, really stretch, bro. Like, we have to constantly be pushing ourselves, not right. get complacent, right? So yeah. this coming year, is there's going to be London, there's going to be Toronto, there's going to be Paris, and there's going to be Rome. We're taking this thing global. We're going to Europe, yeah. Canada, all of We're getting off of the continent of the U.S. because um, the world is ours, man. We got to understand, we don't have to be local no more. This ain't 1800s where we got to stay in a 15-mile radius. The internet yeah. makes the whole world open up to you. If right. you understand the leverage, the whole world could be yours if you understand how to apply this leverage. And yeah. um, so many people are missing that. The, 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 the one time in history the, the world has actually opened up for the common person. We've never yeah. had this ability before. You would have need billions of dollars, you know, to do global type pro promotions and campaigns right. and all this. Man, we can do it literally with a click of the, you know, click of a YouTube saying, man. Wow. You know, it, 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 it's crazy, man. So whatever gift you got, let me challenge you. If you listen to this, this interview right here, let me challenge you. Dream bigger. Dream mm. bigger. The globe. Take that gift. Take that talent. Take it to the edges of the globe. Take it to the edge of the globe. Don't stop just in your little 15-mile town. You can do it. If you want yeah. it bad enough and you're willing to commit to studying, willing to commit yourself getting up every single day and to buy into the process of creativity and of individuality, authenticity, being real, setting yourself on fire, the world is yours. Yeah. And you don't have to settle for anything else less than that. If you're yeah. willing to buy in, you can do it. Yeah. I I, I see. Um, I've seen that in poetry. We've bought into the broke artist mentality, mm -hmm. right? Um, and made it popular, mm -hmm. you know, and shunned the capitalism of of poetry and right. made it like we're selling out when we're going big. 
mm-hmm. in poetry, you know, and and I think it's really important that we change that mindset because once we change that mindset to say my art is valuable and mm-hmm. it is just as or even more valuable than that of a singer, a rapper, a uh, dancer, whatever it might be. Um, and not and not limiting the art that was gifted to me. Right. So right? money money's just a reflection of what we all on the inside, man. And basically it's a tool, you know, and, and we can choose to kill people with it or we can choose right. to build people with it, man. It's neutral. Money is neutral. We've yeah. given it power that it really doesn't have by the way we see it. You know, how yeah. much how much better would the world be if good people, good poets, good creatives had the resources to deliver the messages that the world needs to hear. See, that's yeah. keeping us in, in in as poets, it's keeping us in a creative slavery, man. We need to break those chains and be able mm-hmm. to give this stuff that's on the inside and take it to the corners of the globe, man. There's somebody right. over there on the other side of the globe that needs to hear what we have inside. And we right. can't do it if we're chained up by being broke and having these mindsets that keep us there. We've got yeah. to lift those chains off, man, and get that message out. The message is too important to be caught up in the wrong belief that's keeping us limited and, and not enabling us to be the poets that we were designed to be. Yeah, we can't make it to the other side of the globe if we feel like right. it can't be my my full time. I have to get this nine to five and I got to do this 40 hours and all I have mm-hmm. is the weekend. Exactly. I mean, I couldn't do this 40 city tour right now if I was having to get off every weekend. Right. Like I couldn't do that. Like, but right. here's the thing, man, if we buy into the vision, like I said, set yourself on fire in the world to see you burn, chase value and add value, man, the world will begin to provide us with resources, man, mm. begin to move toward us because value is the key to unlocking resources, man. Yeah. So anybody that's adding value, money will find. Anybody that's on fire, money will find. You got to understand this, right? Yeah. So once you once you start doing that, the like like in my situation, the book opened up, man. That provided the resources to do everything I want to do, and now I'm gonna be a better artist because of it. Right. Because man, how can I not be a better artist going to the Louvre, going to London, going to Rome, going to Greece, seeing the greatest artists of all time, seeing this work in front of me? How can I not elevate? You understand? But if I don't have the resources. And I'm stuck in this room. Now, I could write from this room, man. You right. know? Yeah. But I'm not going to reach my full potential until I get outside this limited box and start seeing the world for the vastness and, and, and unlimited opportunities that are here for us, right? Mm. So we need the resources. And we got to let go of those belief systems. That, that same belief you're talking about there about the poetry is in the church, too. It's like the, yeah. the holy gospel must be broke. But they forget all the other scriptures that, that run contrary to that. You know, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Or press down, shaking together, running over, right? Or you will lend to many nations and not borrow. How you how you lending money if you ain't got it, right? It's because we're supposed to have it. And if you tap into the word and do it the way it's supposed to be done, you can't help but have resources. If I love every single person I come in contact with, if I'm doing business with them and I treat them right, I give them value, I give them the highest standard, I, I stick by my word, I never do anybody wrong, and I'm going to have too many clients. Right. I'm going to have too much business. It's not going to be about having money. It's going to be what to be doing with it. Right. So if we align with the word, man, the money will come to us, man. I think I think I think I think that I think there's I think the church is um, a little afraid to to go 120 um, on talking about that, because absolutely. 
they're afraid to be labeled prosperity gospel. Right, right. But the word, what are we gonna, what are we gonna honor the word or, or the status quo in the public opinion? The word says the Lord takes joy in the prosperity of his servant. The word says Deuteronomy 8:18, remember the Lord thy God, for it is him that gives you the power to gain wealth. Could wealth be sin if God gave us the power to get it? No. That's that's a false belief that the enemy's trying to put on us to put us back in slavery, to keep us bonded, doing jobs that we were never intended to do so that we can never do the real calling that God has called us to do. You understand? Man. Come on. Come Man. on now. See, I, I say the number one problem in this world right now is being out of position. They say global warming. I say no, being out of position. 90% of the world is not doing the calling that God gave them to do. They're not doing their gift. They're not doing their talent. They've traded in their passion, the fire, and their truth for a J-O-B that will just pay the bills, right? They're just above or just over broke. Right. Now, if you're not in your calling doing what God's calling you to do, it's a domino effect. Somebody's not getting the value, the love, the thing that God had called mm. you to give them. They're not getting it because you're not there giving it, right? So the, if 90% of the world is out of position, what do you have? Chaos. And that's what we have right now. Now, if we begin to move everybody back to the gift, if we begin to move every musician back to the work, if we moved every poet back to the center of poetry, if we moved every leader back to the center of leadership, whatever it is, if you got back to doing the thing God called you to do, order and peace would be restored in this world and the world would be different. Mm. <coughs> wow, man. Oh, that's so much right there. That's so much because it's so true, man. Like, you know, people want to speak purpose, but then the back of their mind is like, but I got these bills mm -hmm. and and I don't have anybody to also affirm that. You know, my parents, my mm -hmm. family, right, my right, friends, right. they're like, man, you better go get that check, that, that weekly, that, right, that, that right. two week check. And that's right. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do do your gigs. You can gig. But here's my thing, you know, it's not like they're doing that gig and it set them free. It's not like they're Bill Gates doing that gig. They're struggling anyway. So if you're going to struggle, might as well struggle be building the thing. God it's it's you scratching do. that itch. Yeah. Gigging is scratching that artistic itch. Amen. So, so they don't go crazy. Amen. Because here's the thing. you Doing your calling and struggling or being in a job that you don't like is a struggle too. Right. So in the beginning, you're both going to struggle. The only right. difference in these two right here is the one that God has given you the calling. This one will set you free eventually. This one over here, you're going to be in a, a life of bondage until you're 65. And then you're going to cross your fingers hoping that by the time you get to 65, that the Social Security check will be there, which it probably won't. Right. So what we call, um, you know, safety and secure job, for instance, let me give you an example. My aunt, bless her heart, she had that philosophy that the old school philosophy, which was, you know, get with a big corporation, a safe, secure job that has benefits, right? Okay, she worked for Boeing. They just laid off. She's been there 26 years. They just laid off. You understand? And waved at her. Appreciate you. Bye. You know what I mean? Like, so nothing is safe and secure. So if I'm going to be, you know, taking risks and, and taking chances in life, I'd rather be behind the wheel doing what God called me to do than somebody else being behind the wheel and having control of my destiny. So to me, the, the biggest thing in the world is get back to doing you. Get back to doing yeah. what God's called you to do. Buy yeah. in. Because how are we saying we trust God if we're, we don't even trust him with the job that we choose? Mm -hmm. You know, like we, we said, well, I don't trust you, God. So I'm going to go do this job over here because it'll pay the bills. I don't trust you to pay it for me. So I'm going to go do this, right? Instead of saying, God, show me what you called me to do for the next six months. I want you to help me get in position so that I can leave this place right here and go do what you called me to do. 
maybe you don't come in on Monday and, and, and give your you know termination or uh, two weeks notice, but you make a, a decision today. In six yeah. months from today, I am going to leave this thing and pursue what God has put in me, and I'm yeah. going to prepare every single day until that point. And when six months come, I'm making that step. I'm going to trust yeah. God with it. That's wisdom. Yeah. But are you going to study? Are you going to do the work? Are right. you going to do what it takes? That's Those are the questions. Right. How bad even, do you want it? That's even right. with the checks right now, folks are watching TV, you know, using that time to where they could be studying to, to get to where they want to be. Amen. That's the question. Are you going to do the work? That's the are question. You, do the work? you know, because you can jump out there and think it's sweet and, and you're not doing the work. And think God's just gonna lay it in your lap. And it ain't gonna happen like that. And then you and then you're gonna blame God. Well, God, you told me. <coughs> nah, we gotta align with the principles that He laid out, man. You know, yeah, it says yeah. He'll bless all the work of our hands. The scripture says the work of our hands, not that we're gonna sit here and do nothing. Now there'll be times when God will say, Peace be still, and know that yeah. I am God, He'll do it for you. But 90 yeah. percent of the time, unless He's telling you that. It's right. I'll bless the work of your hands. You know, yeah. everywhere you go, you'll be blessed, but you have to go. Mm. Man, um, <coughs> tell, me, tell me about the tour. Tell me about the tour. Man, um, I go city by city, man, doing mm -hmm. these seminars. They they four hours long. They always on a Sunday. Uh, my dad died on a Sunday in the afternoon at one o'clock. So mm. I said I set every one of these events up for one o'clock on Sunday wow. for that reason. So from one o'clock to five o'clock, man, I, I teach, you know, like some of the principles we, we're, we're discussing here, um, the art of success, the, the art of greatness, the blueprint. What I do is help people who truly, truly want to change to mm -hmm. say, hey, I know I know I'm meant for more. Right. I help these people um, with a blueprint for their own life to show them how to get it, how to tap into it. Step by step, every principle rooted in the word of God. You know, it's not religion, it's relationship that I preach. Mm. It's alignment that I preach, aligning with the principles, right, of, of God's word. And by doing so, we can unlock ourselves, we can we can have that breakthrough, and we can become the fullest version of the person that God intended for us to be. Most people know that they have greatness in there, they just don't know how to get it out. And and yeah. I, show, I show them in the word how to unlock that, what God's principle says to, you know, unlock it. And I go city by city, man, four hours. I get it in from the moment we start to the moment we end. I'm giving everything I got to these people, man, that come in there. And, and the testimonies have been been unbelievable, man. God is really, um, you know, working these working in these events. And, yeah. Uh, before I go in these events, I pray. I was like, every word coming out of my mouth, let it be yours, not mine. Yeah, let me be able right. to say exactly what each individual needs to hear to unlock them in, so they can be what you've designed them to be. And I just turn yeah. my mouth over, man, and, and God does his thing. So, so these are, these are seminars, not mm -hmm. not um, public speaking. Just standing on stage and listen it, to me. It, it, it's a it's a a marriage of all these things, man. I do nice. it in the poet. I do it in a poetic way. Nice. Um, I do the teaching uh, ministry in there. I do the motivation in there. I do thought provoking questions, self assessment stuff to open your mind up. By the time you leave there, I'm gonna pour so much truth in you. I'm gonna ask you a so many thought-provoking, mind-unlocking questions that by the time you leave, you cannot be the same. Things mm. will already be set in motion, man, for the change to happen. Because, see, questions will take us wherever we want to go. We just got to ask the right question. So most people don't know what question to ask to unlock. And God has gifted me with, with, with the ability to, to know some of these questions. And that's what I come in and, and uh, you know, 
distribute it to these people. And Got then it. they unlock and, and find their breakthrough, you know? Are, are these limited seat, seat, seats or is this open? We have, we, we have certain amounts, man. They, they will sell out. Um, but man, we try to accommodate everybody in some kind of way. Even if All I right. got to do, if I got to do two seminars, if we get over, then I'll stay extra. I'll figure out a way, do private coaching on the side, whatever I got to do. If there's somebody that wants help, somebody's trying to better themselves, man, I try to make myself available for that. You know, gotcha. um, yeah. when I come into town, we try to make the biggest impact possible. Most of the time at these events too, I'll, I will let people in recovery, if they've been, you know, on, on an addiction mm. or whatever, trying to overcome, you know, different kind of addictions or whatever. I'll let these people come for free. I got a passion for that because my dad um, growing up was an alcoholic, right? He overcame it. The last 15 years of his life, he went out and helped others get off of it. So, I, you know, growing up with that struggle and seeing him the way it is, I, I got a passion for that. And uh, anybody that's in recovery, recovery home, uh, probation, whatever with that, I, I let them come free. I'm like, bro, if y'all serious and you want to change your life, I'm not, I don't want money to get in the way of that. So, you know, I have scholarship tickets to set aside for, for things like that. But I try to give um, the most value that I can at every single stop that I do. Just, you know, from 120 from the time I get there to the time I leave. That is absolutely awesome. When are you heading back to, uh, to the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia? Um, D.C. be early spring, man. I can't remember okay. if it's February. Fe I believe it's in February. I believe it's in okay. February. All right, Even, cool, cool. Yeah, you let's, definitely gotta you gotta come. We gotta kill yeah. it. No, let's let's make something happen, man. Um, I I would love to uh, uh experience that for sure. Definitely. Def definitely. And if you need local um spoken word artists in whatever city, whatever country that you're going to, let me know, you know. Um definitely, because definitely. that's another thing that we do that uh we're an agency. Um okay. Yeah, and we we put on um, for a lot of the 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 best spoken word artists artists in the world, you know. Amen. Um, Amen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So so um, Brandon Leak, who just won uh, America's Got Talent, you know, that's that's my guy, you know. And so, okay. so yeah, most definitely, man. Um, uh, listen, man, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, man. It, it's been an honor. The information that you've been able to uh present here i'm sure it's gonna unlock a lot of things for a lot of people man i really appreciate it man i appreciate you for having me on man it's, yeah, it's been an honor definitely. man let's make sure we give praise to god be the glory indeed indeed if you if you don't mind you mind closing us out on the prayer let's do that let's do that lord god i just i just give thanks for this opportunity to, to speak over your people here lord that all that are listening lord that you give me the right words to say and and i just thank you for giving them the talent and the gifts that you've given them, Lord. And I just pray that you help remove the blinds on their eyes and on their minds so that they can see themselves fully for who you designed them to be, to help move them to the center of that calling, to, to give them more faith and more strength to move through it and to move to it. And all the things and the obstacles and the challenges and the struggles that they're facing, Lord, that you empower them in such a way that they can overcome it so they can be every single thing that you've intended for them to be, Lord. Let nothing, no weapon formed against them prosper, Lord. May every cell tissue, muscle, joint, ligament, bone, organ, nerve system in their body function in perfection for what you intended for it to function, Lord. We thank you for the perfect health that you're giving us in this time of crisis, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's Dr. Billy Brooks on the Poet Life Podcast. You all have a good night and check us out on the next episode. We out. God bless. 
introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way, find a way.